0: The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is the first episode of a weekly podcast focusing on security events here in the Colorado region. I'm Rob Reck, and here with me is Alex Wood. Say hello, Alex. Hello, Alex. (laughs) Well, we are excited here to bring you guys the first podcast made by Colorado Security Professionals for Colorado Security Professionals. And this is really uh, the first aspect of what we hope to be a larger vision, uh, where we're really seeking to make the Colorado security community more aware of itself and
1: uh, really just better known for what we do here. I mean, our community here is so great. Um, not only do we want to make sure that, that people in the area know uh, what's going on, but also make sure that folks uh, that are not here know how great the uh, the security community is here and, and hopefully attract more folks to that. Yeah, so
0: Colorado Equals Security is, is more than just a podcast. It's a vision for how we want to see Colorado become the premier location for cybersecurity talent and jobs uh, throughout the world.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there are already a number of great companies here. Um, and obviously, lots of great people. Um, but again, I think that, uh, as we stated earlier, it's just about getting the word out about that, making sure that uh, that, that folks in the community are, are aware of all the different events, um, you know, all the different happenings, as well as the great people that are that are operating in our community.
0: Community. So the first aspect of Colorado Equal Security is this podcast, where we're really going to get the the word out about what we do here, uh, and really try and group in, uh, loop in the other organizations in town. So. You know, in addition to, um, to our organization, there's also you know, ISSA, ISACA, OWASP, um, CSA, the Cloud Security Alliance, uh, CTA, Colorado Technology Association, uh, Colorado Cyber, InfraGuard, CitySec, all these organizations that we want to make sure um, are included here. We are able to, to get their, their feedback and, and understand what they're working on and bring to you guys you know, the best of the best of what's going on here in the, in the area.
1: Yeah, and uh, to that point, you know we just went through a list of a number of the different groups that are here. Uh, that doesn't mean those are all the groups. Uh, we're, we're not trying to be exclusionary to anybody if, uh, if we didn't mention your group and you know you want us to, to get to get on our radar and, and have us talk about events that you're doing. Um, you know definitely feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, Colorado-security.com or send email to info at colorado-security.com. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. And uh, you know, th- this podcast um, will also be on our our SoundCloud page. You can find the link to that on the, the website as well.
0: So the format of the podcast uh, going forward, this week's a little different since we wanted to give you guys a, an introduction to what we're doing. The format going forward is going to be a short introduction and newscast for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes where we talk about news and local current events, um, who's changed jobs recently, any mergers, acquisitions, what's going on in the Colorado security community. Um, Then we'll go through a calendar of events, stuff that's coming up and we're kind of scouring the web looking at all those organizations we just talked about to to find trainings and events that they're doing so we can bring those guys to to you here. Um, And then, you know, after that introduction, the newscast, we'll do a feature interview. And in the future interview, we're going to sit down with um, one of the great characters we have in, in Colorado security and, and do a forty-five to uh, an hour-long interview um, where we get to know them, know what they're doing, and hopefully get some advice that you
1: guys can use to make your own careers better. and, and these people could be, um, you know, CEOs of a, of a startup. They could be, you know, folks that are, are heading a, a, a nonprofit educational organization. They could be, um, you know, CISOs in the area. You know anyone that, that's doing something exciting in the security community here. So again, if you if you're somebody that you know you're doing something exciting and you want to tell people about it, uh, get a hold of us and we'd be happy to get you on the interview list. Yeah, we we actually have a, just a
0: fantastic list of folks that we're we've already started to meet with and and we're going to be meeting with to bring you guys insight into what they do. Or reach out to us and let us know who you'd like us to talk to. Fantastic, best list ever. It is the best list ever. Uh, everyone says it's fantastic. So for this first episode, like I said, we're going to kind of break from the format. Um, We wanted to give you guys some insight into who we are. So over the next, hopefully, you know, many years, Alex and I are going to uh, sit down and and talk to you guys a lot about security, talk to other folks in the community, but we wanted to give you some insight into who we are and uh, where we're coming from and our individual perspectives. So we're going to talk to each other
1: today. Exactly. I think it it will be helpful for you guys to know who we are so that, you know, let a little credibility to to what we're doing and and why we're... we're, uh, we're putting this together, you know, who are these two schmoes that are out here just, just talking about Colorado security? What do they know and, and why why are they experts on that? Um, so Alex, as a starting point,
0: let's, uh, let's dive into your background. Talk to me about, um, first, let's start off with your professional background. You know, what, what's your job now and, and how'd you get there? Sure, um,
1: so I am the Chief Information Security Officer for Pulte Financial Services. Uh, I've been there for uh, nearly a year. Uh, Prior to that, um, I have run security programs or or been a part of security programs at uh, healthcare organizations, um, energy companies, and then uh, early on in my career, um, I worked for a long time at IBM uh, doing, uh, for the most part, uh, managed security services. So that's kind of really where I got my start in in information security. So in your current role,
0: where you're the CISO for Pulte Financial, talk to us about Uh, What's the scope of your responsibilities there and and what are you working on?
1: Sure, Um, so I manage uh, all of the information security, um, IT compliance and and risk management uh, for our organization. Um, So I have a a team that reports to me that that helps me with those responsibilities. Um, So we we make sure that all of the, the information that we hold from our customers is safe. Um, you know, we, we kind of run the gamut. We do, you know, security operations and monitoring. Um, you know, we do network security. Uh, we do the, the risk management and risk assessments. Um, you know, we also manage the the, the various different IT compliance regimes that, uh, that we have to comply with. And for those who may not know Pulte, can you give just background on the company sure. itself? Sure. So um, uh, we are part of a, a larger company, Pulte Group. And that really consists of, of two main pieces. So Pulte Homes, so we're the third largest home builder in the in the country. Um, we build homes all over the United States, um, and then Pulte Financial Services. Uh, on our side, we do mortgage, title, and insurance um, for the folks that are buying our houses. That's great. Um, so you know, what, kind of, what are the biggest priorities for you in 2017
0: and going forward?
1: You know, um, I think. We are we at a good point, and, and we have a lot of um, strong controls in place. Uh, I think for us, it's really taking what we have and, and taking our maturity to the next level. So um, you know, we have a, a, a good security monitoring program in place, and it's just taking that, making sure that we've got full coverage of, of all of uh, our network, all of the events that are happening, um, You know, fine-tuning that. Um, you know, we've got a, um, a good vulnerability management program in place. And again, uh, just sort of fine tuning that. So I think this year for us is, is really a year of, of maturity and, and just getting better at all the stuff that we already do. That's great. So, yeah, I guess we can, um, we can shift to you, Rob. Um, so if you want to just, uh, tell our listeners uh, who you are, uh, what you do and, and what your history has been. Sure. So currently, I am the Chief Information
0: Security Officer for Ping Identity. Ping is is one of the 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 four big uh, security companies here in Colorado. Um, you know, there's there's Ping, there's Optive, Webroot, and Logrhythm, kind of the the big four, and then we've got um, a, a lot of other great companies who are who are up and coming and hopefully join us in that in those ranks soon. Uh, I've been at Ping for uh, a little bit over a year, uh, and was extremely excited to get the opportunity to go there. I have been. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I've been really engaged in the Colorado security community for, for a number of years and having the opportunity to, to lead the security program for a security company here in Colorado that's um, really trying to uh, to make Colorado one of the, the best places for security. Uh, it's just been an exciting thing for me. Um, there at, at Ping, I, I have the opportunity, kind of similar to you, I run um, information security. Um, we. Probably the biggest difference is, you know, as a company that makes software, um, uh, the most important thing I do is product security. So c- making sure that the products that we create and, and Ping makes identity and access management software and services, uh, managed services, making sure that those products are secured uh, through the SDLC and then secured as they run in the managed service environment are the, the most important things I do. Um, next to that, you know, making sure our internal corporate systems are secure. Uh, and then really enabling our business to be successful in the sales process. So, if you're, you know, for those of you listening who, who buy vendor products, uh, you probably have a third party management, third party risk uh, program. And, and I get, I'm the recipient of all of those questionnaires, right? All of the people who want to do dil- due diligence on their vendors. Um, that comes to, to my team and I, um, and have the opportunity to, to get better at providing assurance of our program so we can enable the company to be successful. Uh, so that's really compliance programs. We do a SOC two. We're working on ISO certification, uh, and you know, kind of looking at, at, at what makes sense going forward in the future as well. Um, so really focusing on those three different areas: the the product security, the infrastructure security, and then the the compliance. And I have three teams that are aligned to those areas. Uh, one of the one of the things I really love about Ping and, and what got me going over there is, um, you, you know, we've we've been for I don't know a decade plus. Uh, we've a, kind of acknowledged as a community that perimeter-based security doesn't work very well, and, uh, and and there's just been this question of, okay, we all know that the old paradigm of perimeter-based security doesn't work because people can defeat the perimeter, but we haven't done a great job of um, of figuring out what takes the place of that paradigm, and, and, and I've been very excited at Ping to start to get some visibility into the paradigm that uh, probably takes the place of it, which is... Uh, you know at the highest level zero trust networking so if you've you read any of the Forrester research on zero trust networking uh, the general idea is make sure that whatever network you're plugged into doesn't give any extra rights um, beyond what um, that basically being whatever network you're plugged into doesn't matter uh, you have you have the rights based on what the user's access is and, and what the access control um, policies are so really having the opportunity to, to learn more about that and, and to drive ping's internal program toward aligning with that and I, and I think getting the chance to help the community move in that direction as well.
1: So that's been exciting for me. So th- that's what you've been up to now. How did you get your start in information security? And what are some of the other uh, jobs you've had in that area? Yeah.
0: So I I, I go back. Uh, my very first job in technology was um, in the in the 90s. I worked for Electronic Arts, the video game company. So I, I actually got a job um, doing technical support where people who who are trying to, to load and, you know, install our video games would call and say, Hey, it doesn't work. And basically most of the time what I got to tell them was your sound card driver needs to get updated or, or something like that. Um, that you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, it, it's always, you're, you're always doing it wrong at some point, but, uh, it, it was a really interesting process to get into it that way and getting to, getting to feel the pain of, um, of technology getting in the way of people you know trying to accomplish their goals anyway i started off doing technical support and i, and I went up the uh moved over to, to it doing desktop support and help desk um and it kind of went up from there into to network administration system administration and the in the 2006 time frame i had the opportunity to go to a, a really small ms uh, managed service provider um here in denver that 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 did a uh talent um, it's basically a mentoring company. And what we did was hosted data for really large organizations. So I was working with, um, you know, fortune 50 type companies, hosting their internal data to help them build mentoring programs. And even though, you know, it was 10, 10 plus years ago, um, they still had an awful lot of requirements around security. And, and that, that was where I got my trial by fire going from, you know, previously I'd had lots of exposure to technology, but not really a programmatic approach to security. Um, and as I was at that MSP, I got to, to learn what it meant to have assurance and what it meant to have repeatable controls and documentation, and, um, and at that company I was a manager of information security and, and IT, um, and got got to really build a program, a program with you know at a small company that didn't have a lot of resources, um, but that met the needs of those large organizations. And that was that was quite fun. Shortly thereafter, I, I moved. Uh, I was there for about four years, um, and then I moved into the financial services area, and I and I've worked for a, a few different companies in financial services, helping to build uh, at, at each of those organizations, build a security program that's um, maintainable and provable and really measured and, and able to report on the effectiveness of it. Um, so I, done, I did that for um, about six, seven years before I had the opportunity to move over to Ping. Um, so most of my background has been either in software or financial services. Um, with, you know, now at Ping, obviously, you know, as an organization that sells to um, global companies, I get to,
1: to try and meet the compliance requirements of um, of all the different industries. So uh, it seems that, you know, with Ping being a security company, that it in it is a bit different than the other places that you've been. What do you see as, uh, are, are there any big differences between running a security program for a security company versus running a security program for a, a financial services company or a you know any other organizations yeah. that you've been with yeah it's been dramatically different for me it's been wonderful and
0: and in, in a lot of ways it also is, is quite challenging so the great part is uh, at a, at paying security is is quite strategic and and the idea of us um, you know suffering a major breach or losing the uh losing the confidence of our customers is a potentially company ending event um so it's it's quite important at the very highest levels of the organization um the, the challenge there is, you know, we're a technology company that wants to move very quickly. So how do we, how do I enable us to move quickly while also mitigating against the risk of uh, you know, potentially company ending events? Um, so that's that's been one of the really fun challenges for me. And I'll tell you the kind of the, the secret of, of how we do it is it really, for the first time in my life, really being able to embed security very early on in the process. So we have engineers in our uh, security engineers who are actually mapped into the development teams, and they are at the planning meetings, they're at the requirements meetings, and we're really getting security involved from the very earliest phases of the SDLC, um, not as a not as a gateway later on in the process. Um, and and, gener- and we also have a, a cross-functional um, steering committee for security to make sure we're aware of where the organization is going, have a seat at the table in the executive meetings to understand, you know, company roadmap and what we're doing. Um, really getting embedded early in the process has been the, the biggest key. But you know, there's there's absolutely you know there's no magic formula here. There's there's a challenge for sure between how do you make sure you can be quick and nimble, and how do you make sure that you're protecting data appropriately. And and I see that tension more more than ever at a at a security company. And I'm just I'm just excited that Ping has been willing to invest and really willing to make security a very high priority for us. Okay. Switch back to me. Yeah. We can talk about... Yeah, let's talk about the community here. Um, Alex, you know, you and I met, I don't know, what five or six years ago um, here in the security community. I know you have been involved as a, a volunteer, um, and I'd love to hear how did you get involved in the Colorado security community? Talk to me about ISSA and RMISC and all the other stuff you've done here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So back when I was still at, uh, at IBM, uh, you know, we had a, a very large security organization there, not only the, the group that I was in that provided managed security services, but it also throughout the company. You know, it's a several hundred thousand person company. So there were a lot of security folks in IBM and we had a really vibrant community within inside the company. Um, and, uh, you know, I could always reach out to folks and, and have uh, discussions about security. And I, I learned a whole lot from those folks. But one of the things I realized was that I didn't really know a whole lot of people here outside of that group. So, um, you know, I thought, you know, I know that there's a lot of other people out there doing the same things that we're doing. Uh, I'm sure I could learn a lot from those people. I'd love to know those people. Um, so I, w- one of the folks that, uh, that worked with me was involved with ISSA. Um, for those that don't know, ISSA is the Information System Security Association. Uh, you know, we're an international organization that's chapter-based. So there, there's a Denver chapter here. They were part of that Denver chapter. And so I, I went to a couple meetings and, uh, and thought it was interesting. Uh, so I went and, and joined and became a member. Um, a, about a year later after um, you know, participating as just as a member and enjoying the content, uh, the, the president at that time, um, Paul Herpka, he, he asked for volunteers and uh, they were looking for some people to help organize the security conference that they were putting on, which is the Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. Uh, and so after that chapter meeting, I, I went up to him and said, Hey, that, that, that's awesome. I'd, I'd love to, you know, put in some of my time and volunteer and help with that conference. And he said, that's great. I, I would love you to do that. You're the first person to volunteer. So you're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was a little what, hesitant. What um, year was that, Alex? Uh, that would have been, oh geez,
0: what year would that have been? Um, 2009, 2010, something like
1: that. I think it might've been 2009. Okay. Um, yeah, so we were they were just starting the planning process for the the two thousand and ten, I believe, Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. So, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, I was um, I was a leader for ISSA for the Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference, and and got involved with that. Um, you know, we uh, went through a whole lot of, of planning. Um, it was an interesting time because it was a, a sort of a time of transition. Um, you know, th- there are some folks um, that that help with the conference that are are um conference playing professionals and we were we were switching um from one group to another um so it was bringing on new people uh the previous year there had been um some organizational problems so the conference uh, lost a little bit of money so that, that that was tough so there was a lot of pressure to make sure that the conference that year made money otherwise it probably would have folded and, hmm. and not happened again um, but it was a great learning experience. Um, the, the people that I worked with in organizing it, um, you know, which is in conjunction with ISACA, so I got um, that was great. I got to learn uh, learn a lot and meet a lot of people. Um, and you know, I, I got to really know not only um, you know our members through that, but also um, you know sponsors and security companies. You know, trying to to help get them to sponsor the conference and things like that. Um, and during that time, the communications director. For the the chapter, um, he had to relocate, so he he stepped down from that job, and and Paul asked me, hey, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of communications for the conference. Uh, do you want to become the communications director as well? And I thought, well, I don't know if this is really what I wanted to sign up for, but yeah, it's going to be really important that we make sure that we we get this stuff communicated so we have a successful conference. So I stepped up and became the communications director for the chapter as well. Um, and that I think was a really great stepping stone for me because, um, you know, my my personality and my name was in all the emails that went out to the folks in the chapter uh, for all the communications. And, you know, I'd I really tried to make that personal and write stories in those uh, those communications. So when I would meet people and and, and uh, give my name, they'd be like, oh, how do I know you? Oh, oh, you're the guy that sends me those emails. Hmm. So uh, it, it was really, really rewarding having that happen. People coming up to me and saying, hey, that they, uh, they really enjoyed my communications and things like that. Um, after doing the, the communications director for a couple of years, uh, the, the president, Paul, stepped down and asked if I was willing to run for president. Um, anyone that's been part of a volunteer organization knows that it's uh, it's hard to get volunteers and, and hard to get people to commit to things. So, um, you know, finding somebody that was willing to step up and take his place was hard. So I, I decided that, yes, it, w- it would make sense for me and, and stepped up and became president. Um you know, obviously that's a voted in role, but it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you're the person that, that doesn't step back, then you're right. probably going to be the only person running. Um, so then I did that for, I, I believe four years and, uh, and then stepped down and, uh, strangely enough, Rob, um, you are the one that, that took over <laughs> for me. Well, so w- why don't you share with folks what, what you did after you stepped down? Sure. Um, So it was it was good
0: two years ago. That was two thousand and fifteen.
1: Yes, yeah. So like a a year and a half ago. Um, So it it was good timing. Um, As I stepped down, the elections for the ISSA International Board were happening, Um, and you know I'd had a a good amount of contact with the the folks at ISSA International um, through being president, and uh, someone encouraged me to run for one of the director positions. Uh, So I threw my hat in the ring there. And, uh, you know, through some campaigning and, and, uh, and talking to a lot of folks, I was able to get elected to the international board. Um, and I'm, I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. Um, we'll have elections coming up up again this year and, uh, I'll need to decide if I'm going to run again for another term, um, and, and keep going in that direction. But that's been a, a great ride and, you know, getting to know people on the ISSA international level, you know, from all over the country, all over the world, uh, it's been, it's been pretty valuable. Yeah.
0: So I think it was, uh, I think it was about this time, 2012, where you you took, or where, where I can't started coming to ISSA meetings, and I met you there, and a few months later is when you took over for Paul as the president, and I, and I I remember there was a slide at the meeting asking if someone wanted, you know, if you wanted to volunteer, send an email. I'm like, oh, I'll be willing to volunteer, and and there, I think the response back I got back was. Great, you're willing to volunteer. Here's three board positions. Which one's the best fit for you? And I'm like, oh, a board position. That sounds like a lot. Uh, and if I remember correctly, they were. Um, it was it was definitely uh, sponsorship, and I think there was programs. I'm not sure which one the third one was, and I and I was thinking to myself, well, which of these, you know, what's the best fit for me? And I didn't know a lot of people who would be willing to talk, which is what programs was. Um, so I I chose sponsorship because. You know, I was leading a security program at the time, so I got a lot of vendors calling me and I figure, perfect, I can just, you know, turn the tables on them. Um, and, I, and I ended up joining the board, I think, about the same, same time you became president is when that happened. Um, I, ISSA, you know, and, and we talked a little, you mentioned ISACA briefly around RMISC. Um, before I joined ISSA, I actually went, I went to both groups and trying to figure out what was the right fit for, for me and my, you know, and my community involvement. Um, for those listening on, if you're trying to figure out what's the right group for you, I'll probably give a li- just a little talk through on what the difference is. ISSA is focused a whole lot more on um, security, right? You're, it's the security practitioners. It's how do you do the more technical aspects of things. Sometimes it's it's governance side, but it's always on the security side, um, which is you know the, the defenders of the organization. On the ASAC, on the ISACA organization, it's it's about audit and compliance primarily. So they're looking to see, are the security people doing their job the right way? Um, can we test it appropriately? And it's a little bit less in the hands in the technology and more about how do we validate that the technology is being done appropriately. So for me, where I was in my career, it made a lot more sense to go after the more hands-on security side of stuff. Uh, other groups in, in town, since we're talking about them, OWASP, the, um, oh geez, uh, Open Web, Web Application yep. Security Program? Project. Project. Thank you. Uh, Owasp is uh, is a also another chapter driven organization and Denver has a chapter. They meet every other month at the usually at Chef Tavern in the Texan area. Uh, I, I think they moved to uh, to Dave and Buster's oh, did they? recently. Oh, thank you. Um, so OWASP is you know primarily focused more on web application security, right? And it's it's application security and, and pen testing uh, in in the highly technical uh, Program side of things, I think they sometimes branch over into other security as well. But you know, as a focus, I'd say that they're more on the the web application side. Um, so you know, as you're as you're looking at what organization makes sense for you to get involved with, just think about you know, do, do you align with their mission and um, and and really are they going to you know are you going to be able to help them move forward? Cloud Security Alliance focus obviously much more on cl- on on the cloud and you know kind of that next generation of, of cloud infrastructure. Um, and, and that that group, um, they have a meetup that you can go get involved with there, uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully have more meeting more information for you on them coming up as well. Um, so anyway, uh, back to to you know my kind of kind of coming behind you there. Uh, we worked together on the board for, uh, I think two years with me as the as the uh, sponsorship director, and then uh, we made some you know bylaw bylaw changes and. Uh, you were ready to to step down, and I said, "Well, no, we'll do another year, and and then I'm willing to I'm willing to take over at that point." And you know, we changed the changed the bylaws to really add a vice president role to you know, have a succession plan in place. Uh, and I took over as the vice president. Um, that would be 2014, and then 2015. You know, you stepped down, and I and I took over as president there. I think you know it's it's worth sharing that um, you know I, I think we're both proud of the chapter we've built here, and you know it, when when we took over, you know, both joining the board, U- U.S. President and me joining the board in 2012, there was 130, I think 138, if I remember correctly, yep. 138 members um, of the chapter with, you know, we had the one meeting in, in the Oracle building in the tech center. Um, and very, very, you know, very little other than that, that going on. And, and you know, now, um, five years later, we're at over 500 members. At last I saw it was like 510 or 520 members. And we've got the meeting in the tech center. We've also got a meeting in Boulder that we do at the, uh, at the CA, formerly Rally Software office there. And then we have a meeting downtown. So three different meetings for three different populations, um, very vibrant uh, communities in each of those areas. We do happy hour events, um, try and kind of move them between the different areas. We, we do the training events every couple of months. Um, the, the vision there is, if you're a member of the chapter, everything's free so you get to come to the monthly, the lunches for free. You get to have these full day trainings, which I'm, I'm so proud of what we've been able to do there. Um, getting, getting full day, high quality technical trainings or, or non-technical in some cases. So Alex actually gave a full day risk, uh, training last year. Um, and, and, you know, in the Q1 of 2017, we've got a, a training on the books for um, how to build your own PKI public key infrastructure coming up. And if you're a member of the chapter, it's always free. And we, we really just try and make sure we're delivering as much value back to the chapter as we can.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that this the, the road that we've gone down with ISSA really is sort of um, the genesis of, of why we're doing Colorado equals security as well. It's you know, ISSA is great and we do a lot of great things, but it still isn't for everybody, it doesn't cover. Um, all aspects of security right uh, at least not in the depth that some people would like for for some areas yeah. so you know we want to make sure that we can um help espouse the the other organizations that are out there um and you know hopefully you know get them uh you know more attendance and and uh you know have have even better meetings um you know try and, and move the whole community forward right you know, and there's there's groups that we just don't have a lot of access to
0: visibility. DC 303, the kind of our, our our hacker friends here in town are uh, one of the, one of the best communities of the of the black hat groups around as well. But you know, we we're not a part of that, so we don't have as much visibility. That's something we'd love to to help get the right folks involved with. Um, so anyway, I, you know, I, I joined you at helping with the RMIC conference over the years, and we've had the opportunity to to help that conference become um, something something pretty impressive. Yeah. Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. Every May, um, we we really put together what is clearly the the best security conference here in the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, 2016, we had, uh, I believe it was 968 attendees, uh, if I remember correctly. We expect 2017 to kind of blow past that. Uh, we'll, we'll give you guys updates on a weekly basis around where RMISC is and what's going on, but I can give you some, you know, lead-in information. We have We've confirmed a few different keynotes already for that. Jeremiah Grossman. Jeremiah is the, the one of the founders of, or the founder of White Hat Security and uh, formerly the CEO over there. Uh, he's going to give us a keynote. Cal Fussman, who you, you guys may not have run across yet, but I, I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Um, he has written a column for Esquire Magazine called What I Learned for Decades. And in that capacity, he's had the opportunity to sit down with some of the biggest names in the world, um, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev during the Cold War. He sat down with uh, Robert De Niro, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Michael Jordan, just all these people and he, and what he'll do is he'll share some of his stories and experiences that he's learned through that. Very excited to have him. And then we just uh, confirmed last week uh, Josh Blue, the stand-up comic um, who won last comic standing, is gonna is gonna give the closing keynote on Thursday night. So hopefully, uh, you guys will be able to make it to that and, and enjoy some some learning and some fun as well. We have two more keynote spots that we'll be able to announce pretty soon, um, but I don't want to talk about it till there's till the ink is dry.
1: So and, and as you mentioned, Rob, that's uh, that's four keynote spots, right? There's five total, but yeah, five total. Yeah. so uh, part of the reason why we have that many is because this year we've expanded the Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference to an additional day. So we have two full days of you know your sort of standard uh, tracks of speakers. Um, and then it's still a uh, one day of, of pre-conference trainings. So, you know, again, getting better and better. We got basically three full days of conference this year. Yeah, that that's great. Thanks for
0: pointing that out. And, you know, hopefully you guys will make this work out for us. This is an investment. And uh, the, the more folks who show up, the better. Uh, we, we do believe that the content's only going to get better, though. And I look forward to
1: having you guys there. And, and of course, with that one, you can always find more information on the conference at rmisc.org. So the, the last thing I talk about with my own personal community involvement
0: is, you know, I've had the opportunity to, over the last two and a half years or so, help put together some some dinners with um, security leaders in town that we call it CISO dinners. Um, and a lot of the folks who we're going to talk to on this show are folks that we've, I know you and I, Alex, have both developed relationships with over the last couple of years. Um, and, and it's really part of the genesis of this idea is as I as we started to do these community building dinners and getting to know these folks, just realize what a rich, deep um, community we have and really having the chance to sit down with folks like um, Drew Labo, who's, who's going to be one of our early interviews on the show, um, CISO at Denver Health, um, folks like that. And there's a whole lot more that are going to be coming that I'm not going to throw out there until we have them recorded and confirmed. But, um Getting the chance to know these interesting folks who, who are leading the security community here in Denver is, is one of the exciting things about, about this show.
1: Completely agree. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact also that you know, you've know you been involved the past few years with helping to uh, also organize the, the B-Sides conferences that we've had in town um, that at least in a couple of cases have uh, followed on uh, after RMISC. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about B-Sides yeah. or, or anything. Yeah, that. I think that's great. Thanks for bringing that up.
0: So the B-Side Security Conference uh, was, was a, a, and a hopefully uh, Banshee or Jericho can smack me if I'm wrong, uh, was initially created alongside um, Black Hat and DEF CON in Vegas. And the idea was um, the people who submitted for the those conferences in Vegas who didn't get selected, well, they still had some really good content, the content that was really worth putting on. So that's where the B-Sides comes from, right? This if you those of you who are uh, quite a bit younger than us may not may not remember uh, like singles that used to get released musical singles you know there's a hit song that would get released on a cassette tape or a record uh, on the on the one side is the single um, that was a hit on the other side is it's called the b-side it's the it's the other song um and, and so that's the idea here is uh the b-side would be the the, the, the talks that didn't make the original cut but are also often you know very very good So that was a a movement that was started. I think Jack Daniel was one of the original founders as well. Um, but Jericho and Banshee who are local security personalities could, could probably provide some insight there. Um, anyway, Denver, we started one, gosh, uh, 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, and I got, I got to go to it and I liked it. I liked it so much. I'm like, well, hey, let's do it again. I think it was 2010. And, uh, and I started emailing, uh, Jobo, uh, Joe who who runs Alchemy Security in town, he had hosted it back then. I'm like, hey, let's do it, and you know, no one no one really wanted to put the effort in in 2011, and then 2012 we're like, hey, no, we really need to do it. Let's get one going. Um, so I, so you know, they needed some help, and I ended up volunteering to get that moving. Um, and for a couple of years, I was I was involved. We moved that next to RMISC the day after it, so that um, so that you know, folks who happened to be flying into town could stick around and do both. Uh, in 2000. Uh, 16 I was not a part of the part of the group at that point uh, Jacob Tory actually um, helped organize that organization or that conference um, but that's been a great vibrant community you know, you'll get 200 250 people just to show up for this you know for this awesome fun sharing opportunity where you know there's there's always beer starting first thing in the morning uh, there's a lock pick village if you want to learn how to pick locks that's your opportunity to do it there'll be a capture the flag program if you want to um, to test your hacking skills against others there, uh, and then of course there's interesting tracks um, that get more into the offensive or pen test side of things instead of the defensive side, which is what we focus more on at RMISC. Anyway, big supporter of that. This year they're having it um, the 12th and 13th, which is the Friday Saturday after RMISC in May. So if you you know if you're already going to be around in, in in town and you want to go to both, uh, highly encourage it. Great. All right. So I think we've kind of you know, gone through why is it that we're doing this podcast? What can people expect going forward? You know, what's your background um, professionally and, of course, in the community? And we talked about my background uh, as well.
1: Anything else we want to cover here today? I don't think so. I think um, just to let everybody know to, to be on the lookout for, for podcasts coming out soon. Um, you know, As I men- mentioned, we have a uh, SoundCloud page where we're going to be hosting these. Uh, Colorado equals security. Uh, in in SoundCloud, and uh, you can always find all the information about what we're doing and and news and everything else at uh, colorado-security.com. All right. And and go ahead and
0: stay on here after the break. We'll come back and we'll give you the news of the week uh, and what current events are coming up. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Rob. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security Podcast. This is our first effort at a newscast here for the week of February 6th. Um, it is Super Bowl Sunday right now, and, and I'm here with Alex Wood. Alex, did you have a chance to watch the game?
1: Hey, Rob. Uh, I did watch the game. You know, it, uh, it didn't turn out as I was hoping. I was uh, I was rooting for the Falcons, but, uh, but that's the way it goes sometimes.
0: Well, congratulations to the Patriots and the Patriots fans. I also was rooting for the Falcons when there was that drive, I think it was late third quarter, where... The, the Falcons had those two amazing plays, got the ball down to like the 30-yard uh, like line or 20-yard line, uh, and then had that, that terrible sack and that, that holding call that really felt like the, the backbreaker for me, for them. Anyway, fun game. Uh, glad to get to watch it. A little disappointed by the outcome. Exactly. Well, we have a lot of news to go through today, so let's get started. Uh, generally, as we do the newscast, we're only going to have one week's worth of news to, to share we we did go back through the last several months and pulled out the biggest stories we'd seen, and um, we wanted to go through all those with you guys today. So we're going to go a little quicker today than usual, uh, through the through the individual stories. Top of the list, uh, Optiv. If you guys are not familiar with Optive, uh, this is a good chance to get to learn who they are. Optive was created about oh, about a year and a half ago in combination. Uh, between Acuvant and Fishnet. When, when those two companies merged, they created the new company Optiv. And they are the world's largest security uh, services and reseller. Uh, and, and fortunately for us, they're headquartered here in Denver.
1: That's always a good Alex, thing. Alex, you want to
0: talk about the stories about Optiv?
1: Yeah, so uh, you, you know, Optiv um, is headquartered downtown and there is a, a new office tower being built uh, over near Union Station, It's at uh, 1144 15th 15th Street, and uh, Optiv has already uh, leased out more than 200,000 square feet of that new office tower, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so they're going to be, from what I hear, rumor on the street is they're actually going to have their name at the top of the tower. So when you drive into downtown, coming from the Auraria or Spear entrances, uh, you're going to see a security company's name right there at the beginning. That's pretty neat. Of course, that is a rumor. We'll see if it comes true, but... I hope so. It'd be great to see those guys uh, in the Denver skyline.
1: That would be a cool. Uh, they sight also to had see. one
0: other. Yeah, sure would. They had one other big piece of news a, a few months ago. Um, Optiv had been had been pretty well known and had made it known that they were planning to do an IPO, um, looking to at, at least have a partial IPO, uh, and then that changed. You uh, you hear that changed uh, recently, right?
1: Yeah. So um, they uh, they were uh, purchased by uh, by private equity as opposed to going through with the IPO uh, KKR, the, the private equity firm, uh, purchased a majority stake. Um, I, I believe Blackstone still has a minority stake. Uh, Blackstone was yeah, a, K- a previous KKR investor.
0: The, yeah. KKR is the new majority owner, uh, kind of responsible for oversight. And I assume having, you know, the majority of the board, but, um, re- really interesting for Optiv to get to see what they do with KKR to, to help lead them. And, uh, looking forward to seeing wh- where that takes them in the future. I know one of their big pushes has been to move to a mix with a whole lot more services versus you know, product sales, uh, and, and hopefully KKR can help them accomplish that goal. Well, next thing we wanted to go through, um, Colorado has an, 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 an acting U.S. attorney going after cyber criminals here in town. Um, pretty neat stuff. This is not a Colorado focused investigation, but we do have U.S. Attorney Bob uh, Troyer uh, located here in Colorado, leading up a team of six attorneys who, who are really going after cyber criminals from around the world. Um, they've been involved with things such as the U.S. versus Snowden um, investigation, uh, uh, economic espionage, trade secret theft, um, that some of the denial of service attacks, child exploitation, child pornography cases, really a lot of different stuff that they're doing. Um, and while they're not, in, like I said, they're not specifically looking in Colorado. It's great that to know that Colorado is the home for for this group.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we obviously focus more on the the business side of of cybersecurity, uh, protecting our the organizations uh, that we work for. But uh, but knowing that the the folks that are doing the legal side of that are here it is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, so next news item here for us, uh, coal fire, coal fire is one of the, the biggest security firms definitely in town and really around the world, um, providing security services really around compliance. Um, and anyway, the big news there is that they have acquired, uh, one of their competitors, Veris. Um, Veris is, is very similar in a lot of ways. They offer compliance work. They have, um, one of the neat things about Veris is they have one of the best research arms out there. If you go, you know, spend much time looking through um, technical research, you'll find some really good stuff written by Varus, um, really kind of pushing the edge on offensive security and, and how to how to improve systems. You hear, what do you think about this acquisition?
1: You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Acuvant and Fishnet coming together. You know, two similar type companies, uh, you know, maybe not having overlapping markets or overlapping customers um, but similar services. So, you know, they come together uh, and can make each other stronger.
0: Yeah, that, very cool. Hopefully um, this allows them both to, to get better and grow and uh, offer more services to the customers. Uh, next news item, you know, a little bit different scale, right? You know, Coal Fire at a couple hundred people acquiring Varus with a couple hundred people. Uh, and the next on the list is CenturyLink uh, acquiring level three. Uh, this is obviously CenturyLink, one of the big telcos around, and Level Level Three, one of the big backbone providers, um, coming together. Alex, you have any thoughts about what this merger is going to look like?
1: Well, you know, I think that uh, you know, while they're both uh, fairly big players already, you know, this is going to put them combined uh, to be on the scale of you know an AT T or or a Verizon, you know, one of the real premier uh, large-scale uh, network carriers in, in the country. So I think that that's that's a really cool thing, um, you know. Both of those companies uh, being located here, yeah. you know, CenturyLink, um, I believe this uh, came out of uh, Louisiana, but you know has a, a very large presence here. So, uh, so I think that's that's gonna be really cool.
0: Yeah, I know CenturyLink's headquarters, I believe, is officially Louisiana, but they do have a lot of their IT leadership here in Denver, including uh, Dave Mahan, who is their CSO, um, Chief Security Officer. Um one of the one of the well known guys in the area and you know in the government and, and really has, has done a lot to help security in the telecommunications area. And on the other side, you know, level three side, Dale Drew, the, the CISO there, is is exceptionally well known, well respected in the security community. And he was also one of the guys called to talk about the Mirai botnet in front of Congress after um after that takedown of Dyne. Um it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out from the community perspective. I'm a little disappointed to see, you know, there's, it seems like there's a little risk that these two great security departments who add so much to the community uh, may end up, you know, shrinking or or changing as a result of this merger. And I hope that there's some way we don't, we, we can avoid that and and get a lot of value to to the community through this.
1: Yeah. You know, hopefully like these other mergers, we were talking about uh, the security departments can come together and, you know, make for one stronger department and, uh, and coexist with uh, with everyone that's already there.
0: Yeah. So, as we talk about these local security companies, you know, we we have in the Colorado region, uh, and this is one of the reasons we started the podcast is we have a lot of talented uh, security entrepreneurs who started companies here from the big boys. We mentioned Optiv already. Then we have Logarithm up in Boulder, who's you know one of the top SIM providers in in the world. Uh, We have Ping Identity in downtown Denver, who's one of the big players in identity and access management. Webroot in Broomfield, who does uh, antivirus, mostly consumer antivirus, but also enterprise and then getting into threat intelligence as well. We have those kind of four big security companies. And then there's a tier below them, the up and coming companies who are doing great stuff. Um, Red Canary, uh, the the guys who do managed security services for uh, endpoint detection and response. Um, and then a few that we that we're about to talk about here, who have, have taken some funding recently, and it's it's neat to talk about those companies that are you know going from small to medium or from you know tiny to to having having some funding. Um, starting off here, uh, do you mind just starting off talking about the Protectwise news here?
1: Sure. So the yeah first one on the list is Protectwise. Um, you know they're based in uh, in downtown Denver, and they offer you know I think I like to think of them as you know sort of a, a next generation uh, you know sim type. Product, but you know they build themselves as being a uh, a DVR for your network, and uh, they landed twenty five million dollars to help with expansion. So th- I think that's some really good news for them.
0: Yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I had the chance to sit with Protectwise last month. I uh, got to meet their 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 CEO Scott Chasen, who, who I've met once or twice before. But we sat down for a while, and I got to look through the product, and I'm really impressed with what they've built. You know any. Any security department that's looking to get improved visibility on the network, improved um, analytics about things that are happening on your network, this, this is a play that you really should take a look at. Um, they've, they've made not only um, a beautiful product, and it is beautiful, it is, it, it's something you'd want to have up on a screen and you want to interact with. It makes it easy to work with, but also done a good job of um, taking various threat information and, and making it easy to di- digest as well. So anyway, highly recommend talking to those guys if you if you run a security department.
1: Yeah, and then the next that we have on the list is uh, Swimlane, also a local uh, security startup here. Uh, they raised uh, $6 million. You know, Rob, I'm not really familiar with Swimlane. Uh, you know, what is it that, that they do? Yeah, you
0: know, I, I don't know them real well either. What I, I do know that they do incident response orchestration. Um, so helping you deal with incidents in the organization, um, there's some automation aspects to that. I don't know the product very well. I, I guess this is a kind of a, an invitation to the Swimline folks to reach out, let us know what you guys do. We'd, we'd love to talk with you and understand what you guys are doing. Very cool to see the the $6 million raised there. Hopefully that's what it takes for them to get the product development and marketing that they need to to build a, a company that can grow and, and be successful here in Colorado.
1: Yeah, and the next one we have on the list is uh, Secure Set. They raised $4 million. Uh, Secure set is uh, sort of twofold. First, their their primary mission is being, uh, you know, a security training academy. You know, so they have these uh, six month, you know, I, I don't want to call them boot camps, but you know, highly intensive uh, training sessions for folks to get really from, uh, you know, any point in uh, in IT skills to being a, a you know a really top notch sort of uh, entry level cybersecurity person. Um, as I said, they got four million dollars. I think they're going to use a lot of that for for expansion. They just opened a a campus in Colorado Springs, and I believe that they're opening a location in Florida. And then uh, the the second part of Secure said is that they're starting an incubator for uh, other startups to help get the, get them off the ground.
0: Yeah, I, I'm excited about really both parts of that. You know, the the incubator obviously aligns really well with what we're trying to do here and getting the word out about what happens in security in the in the Colorado area. Uh, on the training side, you know, I've had the opportunity to sit down with a number of their graduates and 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 talk to them about opportunities for for jobs. And in fact, I I, I had the chance to make an offer to one of the, the folks over there. Uh, really like what SecureSet is doing. I think that they're they're helping you know up level the security talent in the area. We're going to need more talent. We're going to need more folks getting into the area. So I, I respect what they're doing and um, look forward to seeing their successes going forward.
1: All right. So next, uh, we have some companies that are uh, moving headquarters as opposed to taking more funding. The first on that list is Route 9B. Uh, They were a North Carolina-based cybersecurity company, but they had a presence here in Colorado Springs, and they're actually going to be moving their headquarters there. Uh, It's an interesting company, one that I'm not uh, particularly familiar with, but they were ranked number one on the Cybersecurity 500
0: Yeah, I've only heard good things about them. I haven't had a chance to work with them professionally yet, um, but I do know a lot of folks who have and have said a lot of good things about them. Looks like they have a number of services and they also have some products. Um, So if you're interested in getting some assessment work done, consulting, um, they they can help with that. They also have some network hunting products um, and visualization uh, around identity access management. Anyway, good stuff. Recommend you guys take a look at them. Very cool to know that Colorado Springs is going to have uh, the number one on the uh, cybersecurity five hundred list, pretty good stuff. A uh, second For company sure. that's moving their headquarters um, is from to Denver. Here is actually coming from Atlanta, so maybe the the Atlantic Southeast there is uh, is losing it to our gain. Uh, Efolder, who is a uh, cloud storage provider, uh, is going to be moving their headquarters here. Uh, they 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 compete with the likes of uh, Box and and um, Dropbox and those folks. Uh, Alex, are you familiar with them?
1: Uh, I am. Uh, You know, we have uh, Joshua Foltz, who's a friend of ours, who's the CISO there. He is uh, already located here in Colorado, so I'm sure he'll be excited that the the rest of the company is moving out here. Yeah,
0: pretty cool stuff. Uh, Next thing on our list was to talk a little bit about governor Hickenlooper's state of the state address. Uh, in January, he, he did his you know, annual address. And I was really excited to hear this year. Um, he had several mentions about security and cybersecurity. Um, this this kind of, for me, came a little bit of a surprise, but a little bit of a vindication as well, right? That what we're doing has gone beyond a niche um, technical thing to, to being something that really needs to be considered uh, across the board. Alex, did you have a chance to, to yeah, either I... look at those or read them?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think anytime you have elected officials talking about cybersecurity, uh, you know, especially here in Colorado, you know, it's a positive. Really does reinforce the fact that cybersecurity is becoming a, a greater and greater uh, issue, not just you know for uh, for us, but for for everyone.
0: Yeah, uh, very cool stuff. And, and I know he was, you know, he was a big part of of getting the funding and getting the um, the plan in place to create the the training facility down there in in the Springs. The, uh, the National Cybersecurity Center. Um, and I'm sure that that was part of what he was talking about. And really the government helping to be a part of solving the, the skills shortage we have in security across the nation. Uh, for sure. Anyway, Nick, so good stuff there. Next on the list is really to give an update about the Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. Uh, RMISC is the, the premier conference here in Colorado. It's been going on for, uh, this is gonna be the 12th, uh, the 12th year of the conference. Very, very cool stuff. We had about a thousand folks last year. We had nine hundred and fifty-eight, I think it was. We we expect to surpass the one thousand attendee mark this year. Um, Alex, I know you've been the you've been the chair of the conference in the past, although not this year. But you know, I think six of the last seven years you, you have been. Uh, how you know you want to say anything about the conference and kind of in general? Any big news for this year?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I agree. Uh, I think probably the the greatest conference here in town. Um, you know, we've traditionally had, you know, a, a two day conference where we've had one day of uh, sort of a you know, traditional hour long uh, speakers and then, uh, you know, a day prior to that with an optional uh, either full or half day training sessions. And this year we're increasing that to two days uh, for the full conference and then still the, the single pre-conference uh, day before that. So I, I think that that's really exciting to be able to move up to three days.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. We're gonna have you know twice as much track information, twice as many CPEs for those who attend the the, the conference itself. A um, couple couple announcements we have around the keynotes. Won't spend too much time on this as we want to move quickly. But uh, Jeremiah Grossman, really excited that Jeremiah is gonna kick off the conference on the Tuesday evening. Jeremiah is the the founder and former CEO of White Hat Security. White Hat was one of the first companies to come along and do. Um, real-time security dynamic analysis of, of running websites. He's recognized as one of the, the international leaders uh, thought leaders you know you owe me a drink um, for uh, uh, application security good stuff there uh, we on on the Wednesday morning we have Cal Fussman Cal is the the journalist who did a column in Esquire magazine called What I learned uh, where he just talked with uh, the who's who throughout the world for you know 25 years. Um, Mikhail Gorbachev, Ronald Reagan, Robert De Niro, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tiger Woods, all kinds of big name folks have, have come through and, and talked to, to Cal. And he tells a lot of the interesting stories and really what he has learned doing that column o- over the last few decades. Uh, and he'll he'll be talking to us about security. And, and I do recommend you guys take a listen to Cal. Even if you don't make the conference, take a listen to him. He's a, he's a really good storyteller and an interesting guy. Uh, and then the last one we've announced is the closing keynote on the Thursday evening. We have Josh Blue. Um, Alex, you want, you know, Josh, you want to give a little,
1: yeah, uh, so bio for him, so he's not, yeah, he's not what you would think of as a typical speaker at a security conference. You know, he's a comedian, uh, based out of Boulder and, you know, a few years back, he won last comic standing, um, you know, a uh, really funny guy. And I, I think he's going to, uh, put on a good show for us. It's, you know, it, it's not necessarily going to be, uh, you know, what you would think of as a, a security keynote, but uh, I think it's uh, going to be a great way to close out the conference
0: yeah I think when you get to the, the closing keynote there it'll be time to, to grab a drink sit down and enjoy some laughs and hopefully you know relax after a couple of long days um, So RMISc, it's going to be May 9th 10th and 11th that the ninth the Wednesday the Tuesday is the uh, training and then the, the full day tracks so are the 10th and the 11th the Wednesday and the Thursday uh, the CFP is closed We'll be able to give you guys some info from this from the Presentations as they get accepted, we'll we'll kind of let you guys know what the highlights are going to be. Uh, registration should be opening up in a couple weeks, and I'll let you know when that's up as well. We'll definitely get you in before the the early bird expires. Uh, so look for, look forward to more of that coming up. Next section here, we want to talk about any you know, job changes. We have a few folks who've changed jobs in the last few years, and we want to recognize them and give a congratulations. And let the community know what's what's happening there. Uh, First, Matt Schufeld. Matt was the CISO for Sports Authority for quite a while. I think he was at Sports Authority for about 12 years. Um, he left there middle of last year to take over as the the business information security officer or a BISO over at Trizetto, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Cognizant. Um, at, at the time, Trizetto didn't believe in giving out CISO roles to folks in the business units, uh, but it didn't take long for them to recognize really what a stellar uh, professional Matt is. And, and just, I think it was October of last year, he was promoted to a, the CISO for TriZetto. So big congratulations to Matt. I'm glad he he landed really well. Uh, I know TriZetto got a great guy out of Matt.
1: Yeah, congrats to Matt. Um, you know, of course, you know, one of the reasons for him leaving Sports Authority was the, the financial troubles that they were in. And of course they ended up folding. You know, another person that uh, was there at Sports Authority but left and has, uh, landed a good job is Merlin Namath. He is now leading the security program for Red Robin, uh, obviously the, uh, the ha- hamburger restaurant, chain of hamburger restaurants that's based here in Colorado. Uh, so congratulations to Merlin. I think that's going to be a good fit for him.
0: Yeah, So, congratulations to Merlin. And also congratulations to Bill Daniel. Bill was the, uh, the uh, director of security at Red Robin before Merlin, and he moved over to Mark West Energy.
1: Yeah, and so uh, next on our list, we have Nancy Phillips. Uh, I was coworker of Nancy's at, at Kaiser Permanente, um, so she is moving from there to be the CSO for DataVail. DataVail is a database management company, so uh, I think they're they're really lucky to have Nancy. I think she's going to do a great job over there.
0: Congrats to Nancy. Uh, next announcement here: Christine Vanderpool. Uh, she was the CSO for Molson Cores for a long time. Uh, she has left. She's left Cores and she's moving over to Kaiser Permanente, where she is the new deputy CSO reporting into uh, Jim Goddard over there.
1: Yeah, congrats to Christine. Uh, I think that she's going to do really well over there. And uh, the final person we have on our list is uh, Chris Martinez. Uh, Chris is the new CISO for Digital Globe. He was uh, CISO for uh, for Aetna, one of the business units at, at Aetna, and uh, just recently moved over there to Digital Globe.
0: Yeah, so Chris was the CISO for their consumer uh, health Uh, business unit, also known as iTriage. Big congratulations to Chris. I know Digital Globe is uh, one of the bigger, more important technical companies here in Denver that not not a lot of folks have heard of. Uh, They do a lot with uh, satellite images for for both public and private sector. And they work with a lot of those three-letter agencies. So a lot of sensitive info that he will have the opportunity to secure.
1: They're probably watching us right now.
0: Probably are. They're probably pretty bored. Well, let's go ahead and move over to the uh, upcoming events, um, the event calendar over the next month here. Um, first thing on the list is there's an InfraGuard active shooter or workplace violence event uh, here in February. You have to be a member of InfraGuard in order to get the, all the details on these events. Um, if, if you're not a member and you're interested in getting involved in this, go ahead and you know look up Denver InfraGard and get yourself signed up. There's a, a background check and a vetting process involved with that. Um, but it might be something that's interesting is they do have a lot of information that um, it really helps you get uh, visibility into what's going on globally and nationwide. Uh, also this week, um, ISSA has their February chapter meetings. Those are Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday the 7th, uh, downtown, or excuse me, in Boulder uh, for Tuesday lunch, and then Tuesday evening it'll be at downtown Denver, and Wednesday lunch will be in the T- Denver Tech Center. You can view, view all of the uh, meeting information at Denver.issa.org, um, this month uh, they do have a gentleman from the Department of Homeland Security coming to talk about uh, what resources there are from the federal government to help private sector and, and folks outside of the government with security needs. Uh, highly recommend taking a look at that and uh, and try and make one of those meetings if you can.
1: And then uh, next on the list we have the the February Isaca Chapter event uh, that's on the sixteenth of February. So Brandon Williams from the the governor's office is going to be talking about two-factor authentication. Uh, two-factor, you know, very important technology. So I think that that should be a, a good meeting.
0: Yeah, that one's one I personally would really like to be at. I'd like to hear, you know, the the story of how did they, how did two-factor go for the state and what did they learn, what went well, what didn't go well. Very good stuff. See uh, the the 16th of February we have uh, the CTA the Colorado Technology Association 101 course. This is uh, the 16th at noon downtown. Uh, anyone who is interested in learning more about what the Colorado Technology Association does and and get some visibility into what resources there are, this is a good chance for you to show up and, uh, and get that information, ask your questions.
1: Great. Yeah, the next one we have on the list is the Cloud Security Alliance, their February chapter meeting. Uh, originally, that was going to be the 13th of February, but it's been moved to the 20th, uh, I believe, to not be in conflict with the, the big RSA conference in San Francisco. Oh, that's, uh, that's a good point. Muhammad,
0: Not a lot of folks are going to be around next week.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Mohamed Malki is going to be uh, speaking at that. Uh, he is also with the, uh, the state of Colorado. So uh, folks from the state getting out and, and doing a lot of speaking this month.
0: Yeah. De- Debbie Blythe, the CISO for the state of Colorado is a big supporter of the community. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get her on the show to do an interview pretty soon. I, I'm, I believe she'll be happy to, to get involved here. Uh, the, week, the That week we also have ISSA's uh, training. So I, the ISSA chapter here in Denver tries to put on full day trainings that are free for members. Uh, these are the kind of trainings that you'd normally pay a few hundred bucks for, getting in-depth technical training or uh, hands-on risk training. In this case, it's a uh, PKI training. How do you set up a public key infrastructure using free tools? So one of the members of the chapter has, uh, has done this in his own organization. This is Crane Runton who works for Distill Networks. Crane set up a PKI infrastructure internally, and he's going to come you know, show us, walk the members of the chapter through how to do this. Um, so the, the first instance of the training is going to be the 21st up in Boulder, and then the second one will be on the 23rd in the Tech Center. So go to whichever one's closer to you. However, space is limited. Um, sign up as soon as you can. I, as always, the Denver Tech Center ones are going to sell out. They're going to sell out earlier. So if you want to be in the Tech Center, go sign up to that one as soon as you can
1: yeah, and then uh, next on the list, the uh, the twenty second and twenty third of February, the Colorado Springs isSA chapter is having their uh, monthly meetings. So on the the twenty second uh, they have their uh, their evening meeting, and then on the twenty third they have their lunch meeting. So you can yep, check for, out for more information, the, uh, just
0: take a look at the, the take a look at the website. We've got links to to get registered for all these events. Um, so that's that takes us through the end of February. There's a, a few events that come out of February that we probably want to highlight. Um, the, the 10th and 11th of March is the Rocky mountain CCDC or the Rocky mountain, uh, collegiate cyber defense competition. Alex, you want to talk a little bit about what RMCCDC is?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, this is a competition for, uh, collegiate teams, um, cybersecurity professionals at, or not professionals, cybersecurity students. Um, their, their charge is to, uh, to get a, uh, an infrastructure and, and protect it as part of the, uh, the test there. They, it, it's a pretty cool environment. Uh, not only is it technical, uh, but they also have to do communication. Uh, they get thrown a bunch of curveballs. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of volunteer support there. You know, they have a, a big group of folks that are, are trying to attack the, uh, the different student groups. And, you know, so that there's some really good folks there uh, making sure that the students uh, are on their toes.
0: I highly recommend getting involved if you can. This is one of the most effective, uh, valuable events I've seen in security. I so really applaud the, the groups doing this. Uh, next on the list, b- big stuff coming up. The The 16th of March is going to be a big date. There's there's three different big things happening. Obviously, the, the ISACA's monthly meeting is that day, but then we have a full day conference by OWASP called Snowfrock. Snowfrock is the Denver OWASP chapter's big annual meeting. If you are an application security person, or you want to get involved with application security, this is the conference for you. Take a look, get a ticket, and show up and and learn something.
1: Yeah. Then also in the evening on the sixteenth is uh, CTA's C level at Mile High. This is one of their their big annual events. It's a you know an executive level uh, mixer that they have. So if you're a CEO, CFO, CTO, CISO, uh, this is something that you're probably going to be interested in to to take a look at.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, the uh, the the last two things on the on the agenda in the next few months, um, Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. We talked about already. That's May 9th, tenth, and eleventh. And then following that, we're going to once again have a Denver B sides Security Conference happening directly after. So the the twelfth and thirteenth, B sides is taking place. Get involved. They always need volunteers. Always looking for speakers. Um, I, I love B sides. You know, you go to you go to the RMISC. You go learn a lot, but there's a lot of folks wearing ties, and it's, it's a whole lot more corporate. You go to the, the B-Sides conference, and everyone's holding a beer starting at 9 in the morning, uh, and, and you're really there to, to socialize and have fun and, and learn at the same time. Good stuff. Well, that takes us to the end of the agenda here. We, uh, we, we went a little bit longer than we hoped to in the future weeks, but we did have a lot more to go through. Uh, so until next time, this has been Colorado Equal Security. To learn more about the Colorado security scene, check out Colorado-Security.com. There you can see a list of local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach Rob or Alex by emailing info at ColoradoSecurity.com. Until next time, remember Colorado equals security.